All right, welcome everybody. This is Stephen Michael Miller. This is our Monday morning tribe call. So glad to have everyone here on the call. We've got so many people jumping on right now as well. Uh, glad to have you here. Uh, we've got an exciting week here coming up this week. Of course, this is our week of the main Limitless event, our Limitless Breakthrough event. Uh, if you are planning on coming, we're so excited to see you at the event. And if you haven't planned on coming yet, then for goodness sakes, get registered. <laughs> We'd love to have you there. Get as many people as you can with you as well. This is really the first event that's hitting with a lot of the new uh, and amazing enhancements that we're making to, um, to the way that we incentivize you, to the way that we pay you really this, this great community feel that we talked about last week, and we're so excited for it. Um, there's just so much happening. Again, the Limitless for this week is happening. It's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and it's going to be tremendous. Uh, just, just be there and get your people there. We'd love to have you there. Uh, with that, I want to go ahead and, and uh, turn the time over to Chris. Chris, are you there? I sure am, Stephen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate Thanks, you Chris. having me on. And and uh, this morning I'm going to be having Jacqueline on the call as well joining us. And I've got to tell you, it, uh, it was a really great weekend. Uh, we had uh, our monthly Mentor Maker team come together, did some incredible training with them, working on their certifications for the Limitless stage. Uh, and then after we had our Inner Circle weekend, and uh, we had a lot of fun. I've got some video shots of uh, some, some pretty memorable moments. And what I love so much about our team is that everyone's coming together uh, to bring new processes and new designs to the table. You know, this next week we've got our Salt Lake City Regional uh, coming up right after Thanksgiving. And then in December we have a Utah County Regional coming up. And we have more and more events coming online. And it's just so amazing to see the right people step up and take ownership and to really watch the message of Limitless grow and expand. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be able to share that with so many of you. And, of course, this will be our first Limitless this week where all of our staff have all new incentives in how we are working together as one tribe, one community, one team in building and sharing a message that changes lives. This weekend I had a chance. I'll never forget an interaction with a woman that just joined the Inner Circle, and she connected with me, and she said, Chris, this message literally saved my life. And I just thought for a moment that in life, there are so many amazing and beautiful opportunities that we have to create meaningful interactions with people. My life used to have so few meaningful interactions with other human beings. And I, today, I feel like I'm just going from one meaningful interaction to the next, seeing such beautiful meaning. And I know part of that has to do with seeing people differently, seeing people through different eyes, seeing people that have fears and dreams like me, seeing people that are just trying to figure it out like me, and, uh, and that we're, none of us are alone in this journey. That's the illusion that in reality we're really all here together. Now, today I'm going to be bringing on one of our Limitless mentors, Jacqueline Smith. Um, she's just started stepping into head facilitation. Maybe you've worked with her as a pathfinder. Um, she's really an incredible woman, and the more you get to know her personal story, um, you know, she's not an exceptional woman by birth. She's an, excellent, an exceptional woman by choice. And uh, she does such an incredible job um, really giving all of us, giving me an example of what it is to live a truly limitless life. And today we're going to be bringing her on. She's going to be talking about triggers. And um, I remember when she joined the Inner Circle over a year ago and I started working with her, we kept having these interactions all based on triggers. 
And that's what we're going to kind of start today's call with. Um, Jacqueline, are you there on the line? I am. Can you hear me okay? Sure can. Welcome. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing wonderful. It's great to be here. Wonderful. You know, Jacqueline, I was just getting ready to tell everybody that some of my favorite, favorite memories, you know, come from the first six months in the inner circle <laughs> when, um, when you would call me up or you'd want to sit down or we'd have a face-to-face and you were trying your hardest to say, okay, what I'm about to share I promise it's not victimhood. I think this is for real what's happening, though. <laughs> and we would have this really cool yep. dialogue, and by the time you're done, you're like, you know what? Okay, I'm starting to see the pattern, the trigger, and where this shows up. And this is something that you have really developed some incredible expertise. And so today I'm so excited to have you share with all of us, what do you do when you get triggered, and how do you start um, calibrating your perception to create the reality that you want instead of the one that has all the pesky triggers showing up. So take it away. Right. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, I'm really grateful to be on this call. So if you're, if you're having a lot of triggers right now, just know that that's awesome because triggers mean there's something that you get to work on and that there's something you need to look at. And maybe it's a perception. Maybe it's the way you're responding to things. But welcome those triggers as an opportunity for growth because that's really what they are. So if you're having tons of triggers, you're in good company. I was the queen of triggers at least for six months. And recently I've been experiencing some new triggers that have created a whole new pattern of growth for me. And it's been amazing to watch. So one of the things I wanted to ask you as a tribe is if you're experiencing triggers, what are you doing about them? One of the things that I did in the beginning was I fed them. So I would begin a trigger, and as soon as the trigger would hit me, I would start feeding it with a bunch of thoughts on, you know, what – what does this mean? How am I supposed to choose out of this? How can I respond differently? And I would find myself actually feeding the trigger more, which made it last a lot longer. Recently, I've had some triggers that hit me so blindsided. We've got a lot of background noise, but recently we had some really big triggers that so blindsided me. Chris, I think that might be you. Anyway, we ha- I had some I, triggers I that were so blindsided. Did you? Oh, maybe yeah, it's even. somebody is, but it's all, it's all good. So recently some triggers hit me that were so, that so blindsided me that um, I didn't even know where the trigger was coming from. It could have been um, as simple as me noticing something that shouldn't even be a trigger, but I would find myself highly triggered. Sometimes the trigger was anger. Sometimes the trigger was um, extreme sadness, um, and I would cry. And I learned something. Whenever, for those of you who have a little bit of oracle in you, whenever you are experiencing these things, you really want to understand why. So I dug into some research and I found some scientific evidence that says that when you are having an emotion that shows up, it will last about 90 seconds. So the emotion will last about 90 seconds and you'll feel that panic, either that fight or flight hit you. But if you can breathe through that and let the emotion show up and let it last for 90 seconds, after those 90 seconds are over, you'll be able to think clearly again and make conscious decisions. It's when we're in that emotional mode for 90 seconds when we're making unconscious reactions that we tend to feed the emotion and it gets bigger and bigger and harder and harder to handle. So that's one of my biggest tips for you guys is to when you have that emotion showing up, Really give yourselves 90 seconds to feel the emotion. Don't try to suppress it. Don't try to judge it or analyze it. 
just let yourself feel it. It will work itself up and through you, and you'll be able to let it go. It's when we try to shame it or be angry about it or frustrated or try to find a reason for it that we actually end up feeding it, and it actually makes the trigger worse. Um, Jacqueline, if I can jump in on this, um, I've got so much passion on this, on, on exactly what you're bringing up, because if you take a look at the way things come into creation, I'll, I'll give you an example. One time I was running in the canyon, and at some point my knee started hurting, and I had had a lot of training, and I knew that, okay, if I were to just start believing I've got bad knees, then I might actually create that for life. And a lot of people say, hey, once you get bad knees, you never get good knees again. And so I knew it, would be, it was a very dangerous thought to, have, to be thinking I've got bad knees. So I decided to run home. I gave my legs a break. I ran again. My knees hurt the very next day again. And I knew that there was an even greater temptation to then just believe, oh, this must mean that I have bad knees now. And I didn't want to believe that. So instead, I just took a couple of weeks off. And when I started running again, my knees never hurt again. They've never hurt since. Emotions are very similar. Just because you have emotion doesn't mean that you need to read so deeply into it that um, it needs to actually start exhibiting rule over your life. Um, emotions are beautiful, and more than anything, they're clues to things that are happening. They're clues about our beliefs that are coming up. And so Jacqueline's right. Simply allowing yourself to feel it and then, quote, unquote, let, let it pass so that you get back into a space of clarity to start deciding where did that come from, why did I feel that, and how can this how can this feeling serve me? You know, for example, if I were feeling uh, I'm walking down a dark alley and all of a sudden I start feeling really yucky inside, all right, well, is that just the dark or is there more to it? Hmm. I'm going to process that. I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to decide how do I allow this emotion to be a blessing to me? How do I allow it to guide me to safety? Right, and I think that that's probably the, the biggest thing that we do as human beings when we don't really consciously choose, but when we unconsciously choose. We let the emotion um, take us down a path that doesn't serve us. But when we allow it to come up and work through us, then we can choose something that does serve us. And that's really the biggest thing about being a conscious creator is actually choosing how you're going to respond. Um, emotions are, are there to teach us things and to give us, like you said, an idea of how to look at our world a little differently and give ourselves a perspective of what's going on. Why is this happening? And then making good choices and good decisions about it. But that leads us into something else I really want to talk about today, Chris, and that is how do we think differently. I, I have a quote that I want to read from Wallace Waddles. He is one of my favorite authors. And he has a book called The Science of Getting Rich or The Science of Abundance. And, it, and in this he says, and I'm going to quote him, there is no labor from which people, most people shrink as they do from that of sustained and consecutive thought. It is the hardest work in the world. I would argue that it's probably not the hardest. This is Jacqueline talking now. But it's probably one of the most... Um, it's one of the most challenging. And, and as we take on that challenge and really give it a new habit of thought, we can create new things. So quoting him again, this is especially true when truth is contrary to appearances. Every appearance in the visible world tends to produce a corresponding form in the mind which observes it. And this can only be prevented by holding the thought of the truth. So like you just said, when you were looking at your knees, you were looking at, oh great, I've got diseased knees. Like that could be your first thought. 
but you have to hold on to the truth of, no, my knees are really solid and sturdy and I'm, they're healthy. Now that truth isn't, isn't producing itself yet. The evidence is saying something totally contrary. So to hold on to that truth is some of the most challenging work we have. But as we continue to practice and practice this process, it can become completely evident and a habit in our lives to find the truth regardless of appearances. Wow. What do you think you know, I'd, love to actually, I'd love to actually put this into practice for a minute. For those of you on the line, I'm going to invite you if you're in a place where you can just close your eyes, ground, take a deep breath. And I want to invite you to go back to the first time you felt, the very last time, the first thing that comes up for you, the last time you felt some type of negative emotion. Just allow yourself right now, when was that? Did something happen this morning that triggered you? Go back to your last trigger. And as you settle in on that trigger, I want to invite you to think, okay, what's the emotion that came with this trigger? What were you feeling? Was it despair, hopeless, or was it anger? Was it apathy? Was it sadness? Was it fear? Whatever that was, fear. Whatever that negative emotion was, allow yourself to just be there again, and this time we're just going to give you enough time to finish letting it pass. So right now just, watch, just feel it. Because you can recall that moment in your mind. You can relive it. We do this very well, very naturally. And just continue letting it pass. Feel it. Until it's no longer there. And at that moment, I want you to ask this question. What's the limiting belief behind that emotion? This is the work I do every single day because I want to dismantle every trigger that shows up in the form of a pattern that could be robbing my happiness. So what is the number one limiting belief? And whatever that belief is, how cool to know that that is the thought, just like Jacqueline's talking about the thoughts that direct our world, that is the thought behind that emotion. And as long as you can create tolerance for that thought or space for that thought, then it's going to continue to show up in some level of pattern. So now I just want you to question it. Is this a good thought or a useful thought for you to have? What is the cost of this thought? Is it creating what you want? And there's just a really good chance, maybe even a 100% chance, that this thought is false. It's not useful, but because you allow it to be, it's a form of worship. And so it brings in then this corresponding negative emotion that is the clue, hey, I've got a thought that's out of alignment. So now I'm going to invite you to take a look at that thought and think, what thought would liberate? What thought would free? What new belief would serve me better? Just take a moment, a present tense statement. Get clear with that. And notice even right now, as you start thinking that thought, even speaking that thought, you're muted out. Just speak it out loud. And now get in touch with the emotion of that thought. How does that one feel? It's going to feel lighter. It's going to feel brighter. It's going to feel happier. It's going to feel more peaceful. It's going to be more joyful. It's going to be more happy. This is that awareness that that Jacqueline's talking about. Go ahead, Jacqueline. 
The other thing that I want, I want you to do at the end of this process when you've got these new thoughts and, you, um, and you've created this new belief, I would like you to write down that new belief and then find the evidence in your life of why that already exists. Because when you have a negative belief, you find evidence to feed it. You actually, that's all you can see. You actually dismiss all the evidence that um, would tell you anything otherwise. But when you create a new thought, a new truth, a truth, you actually already have evidence that that truth exists, but you've been dismissing it. So now that you have this new truth, I want you to find that evidence and write it down. This is how you create the life that you want. You should write down, I would invite you to write down like 10 things that you want in your life. They could be spiritual goals, health goals, relationship goals, um, money goals. It doesn't matter what they are, but things that you want in your life. And then find the evidence, two or three things, to everything that you want as to why it's already existing in your life right now today. That's a really powerful process that can totally shift your perspective in an instant. And Chris was the one who suggested that I try this not too long ago. And it was amazing to me how many things I came up with for evidence that I said I wanted in my life. I already had them. They were already there. And I was able to see that evidence so clearly. And yet while I was in trigger or choosing a false belief, I was worshiping a different idea. I could not see that evidence. I was blinded to it. And, you know, Jacqueline, I, I want to do something here, and it's, it's going to require a little bit of Stephen's help. Stephen, if you're on mute, um, just let me know if you're still there. Yep, I'm here. Hey, what I'd like to do is if you can open up the, the Q&A, I would like to bring someone on right now uh, that is actually willing to get super vulnerable, that someone, I'm, I'm looking for someone to hit star six that feels like, you know, I've got a pattern that has been showing up over and over and over again, maybe for years. And, and it is probably one of the greatest sources of unhappiness when it gets triggered and it just shows up. It could be, it could be in a relationship with someone else. It could be you know, a struggle with a child. It could be something personal. But if you feel like in your life there's, a, there's just this reoccurring theme of, dang it, this thing keeps, you know, and I'll give you an example for me, for the first 10 years of my married life, that's what I experienced with Colleen, is that we kept having this pattern where we, would, where we would fall out of connection with each other. And for me, I thrive on connection, and I would go into so much despair or self-hate. I'd get so frustrated, I'd get so sad, and this would be very consuming for me. And it would affect everything in my life, and then we would talk about it, and then we'd find a way to put a band-aid on the problem and that would hold for a little bit and then it would happen again. And my, the entire time I was thinking, it's got to be Cohen because, you know, this is the part of the problem that keeps bringing this unhappiness. And it wasn't until I was able to apply what we're about to do here that I recognized that I really am the common denominator of all of my own misery. And it is actually only my thoughts and choices that bring it on. But I wasn't able to see that, and I hope to save you a decade. Jacqueline was brave that she was able to step into this. And, you know, something, Jacqueline, that you'd been bringing up for the better part of a year. And I remember that, that exchange going back and forth, and I remember the light of day just hitting you with, oh, my gosh, that the solution's always been right in front of me. I really have been at choice for how I want to invest my thoughts. And frankly, I've just been investing in what I don't want instead of what I do want. So do we have someone in the queue that's willing to come on and 
and share? We do. Yeah, I've got uh, phone number ending in 0792. Go ahead. Hi, Chris. It's All Melissa. Right. Melissa, how are you doing? I'm okay. Do you mind if Jacqueline and I tag team you here? No, I would love it. Okay. Awesome, we went, awesome. I, I'll bring in Stephen, and we can bring the, bring the whole gang of love, okay? Okay. So what's, what's, what's the pattern? Um, what I realized when you were talking is, is that um, I quickly, quickly go to frustration and anger when I ask, uh, a simple request, whether it's of my husband or my children, or um, I, I had it with a primary child yesterday, and I just, and I didn't realize that I was doing that, but it was a simple request, and when it gets ignored, or um, like this kid turned his back to me when I made my simple, reasonable request, at least I felt it was yeah. reasonable, and I literally kind of just, and I didn't realize how frustrated I was or how quickly I get frustrated with that, but I realize in listening to you that um, it actually pushes my buttons quick, and I actually will go to anger really quickly on it. Okay, and it's good my for expectations. You. Good, good, good awareness right now, Melissa, to actually see the pattern and recognize it. How often would you say this pattern shows up? Oh, since I have teenage daughters, probably a <sighs> couple times a week. All right, so I'm going to invite okay, you to so, close your eyes. Just go ahead, Jacqueline. Sorry, I was just going to say, so anger is the secondary emotion, and that's usually covering up the first one. So your first emotion is frustration. Yeah, they seem to go hand in hand. Right yeah. now I'm getting shame, but... Yeah. It's all part of a beautiful pattern. Let's see if we can end it. I'm just going to invite you to take a deep breath in, Melissa. That's good. And this, on this next deep breath, I just want you to step into clarity and, and exhale any of that emotion, that the shame. Just, it's not going to be useful right now, so we're just going to set it to the side for a moment. And in this clarity, there's this link between being ignored and then feeling frustrated. So let me ask you, what is the limiting belief that comes up when you have this thought, I'm frustrated when people don't listen to me? Um, the thought that came up is that uh, I frustrated my parents and they ignored me. Yeah, and we love to perpetuate um, as perpetrators in the ways that we were perpetrated against. It's It's kind of a funny pattern, but you know, when we felt abused in, in one way, then sometimes our world only makes sense if we can pass that on and abuse others the same way. And so, you know, you can feel your parents' frustration, and now you get to be the frustrated one, and is it working for you? No. Oh, and as your parents, as your parents were frustrated at you, what did you decide about yourself? That I don't deserve to be listened to. Yeah, what a frustrating thought, <laughs> right? Because we live in a world where we've got a mouth and we're using it to communicate, but deep down there's this, this idea that says that people don't really have to connect, listen, understand, they can ignore me, and that's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. What would serve it you is. so much better? 
um, that I am heard, but more, I don't have to have any expectations. I, I want to let go of the expectations of how other people hear me. Yeah. I, I, I want to share with you my thoughts on this because I've, I've I had something that just feels just about as identical as they come. And my, my new belief was I hear me. And sometimes other people hear me and sometimes they don't, and it's okay because I hear me. And I actually give people permission to ignore me, and I give people permission to listen to me, and it's frankly their choice, which is not my business, and I respect and love them whether they listen to me or not. But there's someone that I always count on to hear me, and you know who that is? Me. That's me. When are you going to start listening to you? Because you're the only one that can control that expectation. Now. Can you already feel that emotion coming up? So I'm just yeah. going to invite you to. I'm just going to invite you to go back to primary yesterday with this kid that turned his back on you. Uh-huh. And instead, I want to invite you to have a little bit of a different dialogue with him. And I want to invite you to speak these words: "I hear me." I hear me. When I speak to you. Say that again. When I speak to you. When I speak to you. Maybe you'll listen. Maybe you'll listen. Maybe you won't. Maybe you won't. And that's okay. And that's okay. Because it's your choice. Because it's your choice. I choose to love you either way. I choose to love you either way. And I hear me. And I hear me. Just breathe that in. Now imagine for a moment that the primary child doesn't listen to you after the second time, the third time, the fourth time. This is the most obstinate child you've ever met, the seventh time, the tenth time, the fifteenth time. In fact, for hours and hours and hours, the child just simply chooses not even to acknowledge you. And just breathe in that that's okay, that that's their choice, and that you hear you, and you get to honor you. When you think that thought, how does that feel? When I think that thought of... Of just being able... Whether it's okay whether people hear you or not, and that you're okay. It feels easier to breathe. Yeah, it feels way easier to breathe, right? Yeah. So I want to I want to give you an invitation today. Um, the next five people that don't validate you or hear you or that ignore you, I want you to give them a high five and say, "I hear me." Okay. You just go right up to them and say, "Ignore you." Give them a high five and say, "Hey, give me a high five. And then speak these words, "I hear me," and just okay. remind yourself that they don't have to hear you because. It's their choice whether they want to or not. But you show up every single time for you, which is so incredible that you can bat 1,000 and have the most amazing track record on the planet, but you are always hearing you. Okay. I can do that. How's that feel? I, will, I do do that. Very good. Awesome. Melissa, thanks for being on the call today. And uh, way to go. So exciting to release Thank some you. of that frustration and, and unnecessary anger. I know I feel Me a lot too. better when my children now don't listen to me, and I'm like, yep, that's you using your agency, and I'm dad, and that's the way it's sometimes going to be. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. All right. Thank, Thank you, you. 
So, Jack, can you give us a little bit of a deeper detail on that? Well, I think well, it was beautiful. It was a great breakthrough. She, she got to the emotion. She got to the, you know, the, the new belief, and she was able to cement that in with even a process that she's going to do here in the future, which is great because anytime you can validate a new belief and find new evidence as to why this new belief is a better choice, she will never be frustrated when somebody doesn't listen to her now. She will she'll choose very easily and quickly, man, I listen to myself. And those words of life that she speaks to herself feed her. They lift her. She's going to feel lighter. She's going to um, be able to love the person that's not listening to her rather than feeling frustration toward them. So this is going to help with relationships. Yeah. It's going to help how she feels about herself. It's just beautiful. This is what belief breakthrough is all about. You know, and, and Jacqueline, I'd like to get your final thoughts, but before we do, I, I just want to throw out um, a tool that I use, and I've never taught anyone this tool before. Um, so I've not taught it from stage. I haven't taught it to anyone in my inner circle. Um, as I'm doing the belief breakthrough process, and I'm trying to come up with my new belief that's going to support me, um, there's often a second consideration. I won't just look at the new belief, but I actually take a look at the emotion that I want to program so that it doesn't just happen on accident based on a thought. I'll actually deliberately think, well, the next time I encounter this type of trigger and I create this new belief, how do I actually want to feel about it? And sometimes I'll, re, I'll, I'll reverse engineer a belief that I want based on the way that I want to feel because ultimately my goal is to get to this complete and 100% um, emotional ability. I want this emotional genius where ultimately I live in a world where, man, crap happens and politics this and earthquake that and suicide this and you know, stillbirth that. And in, in, in this world, we've got all of these incredible opportunities for, for sadness and grief, and they, those emotions have a place, but it is when they, when they overstep their bounds and they start controlling us, they possess us, that we lose it. And so I want to be a master of my emotions. And so when I'm contemplating my new beliefs, one of my filters is what emotion do I want to assign to a circumstance like this so that when this happens next time, the next time a, a child deliberately um, you, you know, goes against my wishes, I've got one child that sometimes does that, um, in particular on a daily basis, do I want to fly off the handle and, and go to anger or how amazing would it be if I chose laughter? <laughs> how amazing would it be if I chose right. laughter and just said, this makes sense, this is my world. You, you, know, you know, I've got these amazing four children, and from time to time they're going to disagree and do things different. And what if for my health, let, you know, forget what I'm trying to do in parenting them, what kind of parent would I become if I could actually go to a place of joy when I saw the opposition instead of, you know, going to anger or frustration. And so the tool is, as you're creating your new belief, be thinking. What is the emotion that you want to connect to that? What's going to serve you? What's going to uplift you? And um, just know that you have permission to assign anything that you want to it. So be creative and be good to yourself because when you're good to yourself, you're much better to the rest of the world. Absolutely. So the thing that I want to really emphasize to everyone on this call is, first of all, congratulations for being on the call. The fact that you're on the call or if you're listening to it later, you're choosing to take a step toward being a master of your mind and to master those thoughts. So congratulations for that. That is a really 
a really big step toward getting where you want to go. The other thing that I want to say is because you're on this call, you obviously are willing to do the work to change your patterns and to change your habits. And changing those habits into looking at the good things that you have, the good in the world, the good in yourself, and the good in others will help create that around you until that is all you notice so that the things that you that used to bother you literally fall away from your view and and they they maybe they're still there in reality but they fall away from your view and you don't give energy to them and as you continue to to give energy to the good things those things will show up more and more in your life and you'll be able to create that life that you have always wanted in every area of your life it is a masterful way to live and it feels so much better than where i lived just a year ago wow jacqueline wise words and thank you so much for being on the call and uh, thank you for the incredible role that you're playing in limitless land with helping build and uplift and inviting other people to live the best lives they can it uh, it's beautiful that you and i get to share that with so many people in this incredible tribe i know we're so lucky i hope everybody comes on wednesday and they're able to come to limitless this week and invite their friends it's just going to be a great event Yep, I totally agree. And with our new revenue sharing plan, it is amazing how, new, how many new opportunities that we have and career paths that we have that if you love this message, if you love personal development, if you love retraining your brain, if you love loving life, if you love committing to figuring out how to live your most limitless life, then Limitless now has this amazing revenue sharing plan to help you make the most of your life and to, and to help you transition into new financial means that can make this a you know, way of life and even be financially supported by it. So come on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It's going to be incredible. Uh, and now we're going to turn the call back over to Stephen Miller. He's got some words of wisdom about how to take this brand-new revenue-sharing plan and give us some practical advice on, on, um, on habits and strategies and things that we can be doing as tribe members to not only grow this tribe and spread the message and create greater influence inside of all of us, but uh, also how you can step into some of that career income. So, Stephen, back to you, brother. Stephen Michael Miller, you're on mute. Stephen Michael Miller. Wait, am I just singing here on the tribe call? I am. Sorry, Stephen, <laughs> I'm not present. I sing a lot. I once heard someone say that you should spend 20 minutes a day singing, and since I really don't remember any lyrics, I'm constantly, uh, <laughs> I'm constantly making up my own. I wish I could say they were brilliant, but they're usually just a little silly and goofy, and um, it's a great way for me to have fun with life. And let me just find out real quick here. Jacqueline, while I, while I reach out to Stephen, you just come up with, uh, or we might just be ending this tribe call a little bit early today. Are you there? Hello? Hey, oh, we got he is. you now. There he is. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I uh, was holding my phone or about to go pick it up, and, and I had a fat finger syndrome real quick. <laughs> I, I accidentally hung up on everybody. <laughs> well, that's I'm good. We, 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 we didn't hang up on them. I'm glad that you made it back on the line, Steve. We're just turning the call back over to you. Awesome. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Chris and Jacqueline. That was a fantastic uh, just opportunity for us. And actually, it's interesting for me, um, you and I didn't really coordinate what we were going to be talking about, but a lot of what I'm talking about in the practical application actually goes into a lot of what you and Jacqueline also just spoke about. Um, everyone knows that was on the call last week that I talked last week about the six ghosts of fear, and, and really three of those ghosts that keep us from acting, keep us from 
giving out that invitation. Keep us from approaching individuals who we feel like this might be um, a good thing for, who this might speak to. And, you know, at, the next part of that, really, of what I wanted to go into this week kind of goes along with that. And, and this is um, uh, Napoleon Hill talks about the seventh basic evil. And, you know, of course, he talked about the six, uh, six ghosts of fear. And this is the seventh basic evil. And he kind of separates it just a little bit from um, maybe the normal fears. And really what he goes into here is this seventh basic um, evil is um, negative influences. And, and he, again, he separates a little bit because it says these aren't necessarily fears that, that we think about or that keep us back from things, but it, it, these are the small daily things that influence every single decision that we, we make. And as he was talking about these seven, um, this seventh basic evil or these negative influences, he talks a lot about how to protect yourself from these negative influences. And there's a few things that I want to kind of read from him that really stood out to me. He says, first of all, recognize the fact that you and every other human being are by nature lazy, indifferent, and susceptible to all suggestions which harmonize with your weakness. Now, I want you just to think about that for a second. What are some of these things, what are some, some um, things that you hear maybe uh, from other people or even from yourself that at times might, might seem to harmonize with the weaknesses that you have? In other words, when we have weaknesses, we're oftentimes looking for and susceptible and open to the suggestions of people around us that would support that, right? We're looking for the evidence uh, to make our world make sense. Because if we're, you know, if people come to us and say things that are opposite of that, in other words, have you ever had someone come up to you and tell you that they're bad at something and if you try to tell them that they're good uh, at this thing because you've, you've witnessed them in, in their greatness at times, and maybe you've seen them act well in this specific area, that they argue with you. Have you ever seen that? Right? You go up to them and say, hey, I, man, you did a great job at this, and, it, and automatically their first response is to say, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I wasn't that great, or no, that's the worst time I've ever done that thing, or whatever, and they'll sit there and argue for their weakness. They'll allow these, these um, suggestions, right, these, these negative suggestions to enter their mind, and, and they're looking for it because it harmonizes what they feel that their weakness is. Well, that happens all the time. And so Napoleon Hill talks about this. And he says, first of all, we want to recognize that these negative influences often work on us through our subconscious mind. These aren't necessarily things that we're always aware of, but this is part of the whole, uh, this, this whole game, which is becoming aware, becoming a conscious creator, not just allowing your life to just happen as it, as it can and will if we just let it go, but to take charge, take the reins of our own life. Um, so he says, uh, although these are difficult, uh, difficult to detect at times, um, this, the challenge is that we keep our mind closed against um, those people who would depress or discourage us in, our, in, in any way. And I would even say keep our mind closed to our own thoughts at times. And when I mean closed, I don't mean that we don't want to listen, or we don't want to hear, or we don't want to learn. I'm just talking about removing the negative influences, right? He says, deliberately seek the company of people who influence you to think and act for yourself. So if I could say something real quick here and, and, and blow a horn for what we're doing here at Limitless, you are in the right place. I've never been a part of a greater group of individuals who are all cheering and shouting and rooting for the success of the individual. What an amazing, 
what an amazing um, team here that we have. What an amazing team of players, everyone rooting for each other. Or we get to come together and we get to lift each other up. One of the things that I love most about this whole tribe is honestly our Facebook page. It's so amazing to go on our Facebook tribe page and see so many individuals who are willing to step up for each other. They're, 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 they're there looking, looking to help, looking to reach out, to positively influence. And what I love about that tribe page is I, 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 don't, I think it's very rare, if ever, that I ever see anyone show up in a negative manner. I, in other words, someone will come up with a limiting belief and automatically that person will get bombarded with love, appreciation. They'll get bombarded with, with encouragement to help them actually move forward. And Napoleon Hill says, without doubt, the most common weakness of all human beings is the habit of leaving their minds open to the negative influence of other people. And I'm going to add to that, leaving your mind open even to the negative influence of your own subconscious mind at times. So I want to, I want to do something here. I want to go through some things, and I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And I want you to take some time to write down some of these questions or to jot down your feelings of these questions because these are the questions, if you can get clear with where you are right now, then, then obviously knowing where you are is the first step of understanding how you can improve, how you can change, um, how you can get through and, and go to some of this belief breakthrough. And so um, we've got a, I've got a lot of questions here that Napoleon Hill wrote down, and I want to go through some of these. There's a lot here, so I definitely won't be able to get through all of them. Um, but basically, this is going to make it easier for you to be truthful with yourself. Right, to step outside, to see where you are being negative, a negative influence on yourself, to see also where other people are negatively influencing you, and to be able to stand strong and firm in the resolution of what you want to become and what you are becoming. Okay? This helps in every aspect of your life. This helps as you're out there talking with people. And as you recognize, and as people bring up different things and they, you know, they throw up a, a, an objection to maybe your invitation – You'll notice what will happen. People will bring up objections. And if you are your old self, and if you're subject to your old way of negative thinking, then that rejection may cause you to think, oh, well, this person doesn't like me, or this person definitely doesn't like my message, or you start to come to all these sorts of conclusions that honestly are just not true. So being very firm in who you are, understanding the truth of who you are, um, Going within yourself and having these deep conversations with yourself in every aspect of life is going, to, is going to lend power and strength in the moment that you need it most as you're out there sharing your message with people, as you're out there sharing the limitless message with people, as you're out there inviting people to come to our limitless events. Um, having that awareness brings power. So I want to talk about some of these things here. And I want you to write down, write down the questions that uh, – that really speak to you, and, uh, and go back to these also after this call. So I'm going to ask some questions here. Do you complain often of feeling bad? And if so, what is the cause? So how often do you complain about feeling bad or feeling sick or being sad or anything like that? And again, this isn't about, this isn't about um, judging yourself right now. This, this isn't not an opportunity for you to to choose into shame, okay? This is an opportunity for you just to look at where you are right now so that you can understand what maybe, what, which limiting beliefs need to be addressed so that you can move forward even faster. This is an acceleration 
uh, exercise right now. Okay. Question. Next question. Do you find fault with other people at the slightest provocation? Are you constantly finding fault with others, or again, do you look within? Do you frequently make mistakes in your work, and if so, why? Again, this isn't shame. This is just looking at it. Do I make mistakes in the work that I'm doing right now a lot? And if so, why am I making those mistakes? And, and I think oftentimes when we ask questions even like this, we tend to judge ourselves. Well, I'm getting, you know, is that why uh, an opportunity for me to get down on myself? No, this is just what am I doing and why am I doing it? Am I making mistakes because I'm trying, meaning I'm, I'm getting out there and I'm doing things that I, I don't know exactly how to do, so I'm figuring it out? This isn't an opportunity to say, well, I'm failing because I'm a failure. No, that's not the why I mean. I mean, look at it. Just take a look at it. This is, this is an opportunity for you to look at uh, with no uh, – get rid of all bias. Get rid of everything that you know about your past and just look at it as an observer for just a moment. Are you sarcastic and offensive in conversation? Do you deliberately avoid the association of anyone – and if so, why? Are there people that come to your life and you're avoiding the, that association? If so, why are you avoiding it? Just get clear. And I'm not saying that this is right or wrong to avoid association with said person. I'm just saying look at it. Be clear and be truthful with yourself. And part of this process, as you're asking yourself these questions, I want to invite you to answer out loud. I don't need to be talking about this with everyone else, or I don't, this doesn't need to be a dialogue with somebody else, but, but verbally answer these questions for yourself and listen to your answers. And it's interesting, this does something to your mind. You verbally answer the question. Sometimes, even if we're talking to ourselves in mind, it might be easier to mislead ourselves or to speak untruth to ourselves. But when we verbalize it, when we speak it out in the open, it's, it's so much easier to be truthful. So I want you to, to take these questions and verbalize them to yourself. Um, do you suffer frequently with indigestion? If so, what's the cause? What a really interesting question. And, and I, I, I know that most of these, or a lot of these questions may, um, may be a little bit out there. Uh, you know, most of this call, this, this part of the call is for financial freedom. Talk about financial freedom. But I have gotten very, very clear that financial freedom only comes as you become clearer with who you are. And when you stay in integrity with who you are, when you can trust how you show up in every aspect of life, and when you begin to trust how you show up in every aspect of your life, it, it, it really bleeds into every other aspect of your life. So if you're having physical ailments and physical trouble, a relationship trouble, trouble with finances, it, they will bleed into every other corner of every other aspect of your life. So I want you to get clear. This question, I love this question. Do you suffer frequently with indigestion? Well, what causes that? And if you do, think about it. Why do I, I am suffering from indigestion? Well, am I eating foods that don't agree with my body? Well, that's most likely the case. All well, indigestion probably wouldn't happen. Am I, am I, Allowing myself enough sleep. Can lack of sleep cause indigestion? Yeah, probably. Checking with your body. Answer yourself, ask yourself these questions and check in and then listen to the answer. So what is the cause? Does life seem futile and the future hopeless to you at, at any given time? Do you find yourself diving into those kind of feelings? And if so, 
why? Why is, does it seem futile? Why does your work seem maybe like it's in vain? Or, or why does your future not seem as hopeful as it otherwise could? Do you like your occupation? Do you like what you do for work? If not, why? Why don't you like it? Or if yes, what do you love about it? How often or do you often feel stuffy? And so, why? Are you of those who excel you? To which do you devote the most time? Thinking of success or thinking of failure? Now, this is a big one. I'm going to pause here on this one for just a moment. And I want you to think about this. I want you to get really clear. How much time do you spend thinking about a failure, as opposed to taking that time and, and spending it thinking about the success they're creating. I want to get clear. I want all very clear because this is so important. This is so important. And if you spend more time thinking about the failures of your past, then you are about creating the future then all that you're doing is you're accepting the evidences of the past experiences and, and you're allowing those evidences to play a role in the decision of what you can or, or cannot do in the future. This is what we do. This is, this is where Hill talks about faith, the whole, the whole chapter on faith and utilizing this concept of faith. And I talk a lot about faith and yeah, it's really it's it's one of those um, it's one of those laws that is so important in creating success in our lives. The problem, you know, not the problem, but you know, one of the aspects of faith in our lives and, and things that gets in the way of us acting out faith is the fact we have that. And this is where knowledge comes from. And I say knowledge with with quotes around it because although we call it knowledge, oftentimes that knowledge is shrouded in our perception. Or our, our belief, you know, sometimes we, we keep beliefs with, with knowledge. And we say that our beliefs are knowledge. But it's interesting because we'll have experiences in the past, things that we've seen with our own eyes and with our own, you know, we've touched with our hands, we've smelled, we, we've used all of our senses to experience whatever it is. And then we accept it as fact. We accept it as our knowledge, right? Because we can see it, we felt it, we touched it, we smelled it, whatever. And so that becomes our, our, our knowledge. Our past gives us the knowledge of today. And I want to say, I want, I, want to re, I want to go back a second. Our past actually does not give us a knowledge of today. Our past gives us a knowledge of our past. That's it. Our experiences. But the more we learn about ourselves, the more we uncover and realize and recognize that we have limiting beliefs, the more we also recognize that even our past experiences weren't always what they seemed to be. And we have an opportunity every single day to choose into new things. We have an, we have an opportunity to choose and to learn something experience in a new light. And the more that we can do that, the more all of a sudden we can take those experiences and actually choose in the present what we really want to create regardless of the experience we had in the past. If I was in the past a horrible salesman or horrible at inviting somebody to come to an event, 
that doesn't ever mean that I have to be horrible in the future. I can actually learn and grow and change. And right now with this next invite that I make to somebody to come to an event, I can show up differently. I can acquire new knowledge. But we're not asking ourselves these, these questions if we're not going to really create self-analysis. So if you're spending time thinking about your past experiences that weren't serving you, then I will, I, I will ask you, I will implore you, exhort you to start spending time thinking about your future success. And in the now, act as though it's already happened. Act as though you're already successful. Act as though you've already had the individuals tell you yes, your influence has increased. All these things have improved because that's who you are. So next question here. Are you gaining or losing self-confidence as you grow older? Okay, if you're, are you gaining or losing self-confidence as you grow older? Do you learn something of value? things. Time to go through and learn from your mistakes. What 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 nugget of value? What what precious information can you take from it? Are you permitting some relative or acquaintance to worry you? And if so, why? Are you sometimes in the clouds, and at other times in the depths of despondency? Where are you? And what, what causes that for you? You know, I was talking with my wife not uh, just a couple days ago, maybe it was actually even yesterday, and I was talking about these conversations that we have with ourselves. And usually it's a lack of the conversation that causes the pain. Meaning if we ever want to, if we ever want to really um, experience joy in life, it comes from or even having a conversation with our financial life and the different aspects of our financial life. And when I mean, when I mean conversation, I mean that we're constantly looking at it, we're constantly asking these questions, we're constantly diving into it. And the problem with this, you know, there's, there's, there are a lot of different things in life that I would call, you know, I, I would assign to... Uh, this next phrase, which it, it falls into this category of magic and the mystery, right? And you've probably heard this before. There's been a lot of speakers that have talked about the magic and the mystery. And the magic is that everybody can do it, and it works. And if you want to improve your life, having these conversations with yourself, having these conversations with others, diving in and figuring out what your limiting beliefs are and, and diving into them, doing the belief breakthrough work and overcoming them, that's where the true joy, the true happiness comes. The mystery is that even though it's so easy, meaning that anybody can do it, anybody can spend the time, they just don't. So I'm going to invite you to start doing the work. I'm going to invite you to start acting differently. I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to start asking yourself the questions and start having these conversations. If you found that for the most of your life, you haven't been financially free, or you feel like you keep on hitting a certain ceiling, then ask yourself why you're hitting that ceiling. Ask yourself about what you believe about money. Start exploring it. 
go to a trusted individual and ask them, what do you think my beliefs are about wealth? Or what do you think that I, how do I show up when it comes to money? Do you know how I talk about it? Because again, sometimes we do have blind spots. This is the power of having a mentor. This is the power of having a tribe as we get to go to each other and say, hey, what have you seen with me? What have you seen show up for me? How do I show up when it comes to my finances? And I'm just, again, we're talking about financial freedom here, but you can use this in every aspect of your life. You can start asking yourself these questions, and the more you will ask yourself the questions rather than ignore it, because that's what most of us will do. Most of us, this is, you know, this can be painful work. Meaning, it's not, it's not comfortable. It's not the first thing we want to do. It, it actually takes work. It takes us doing something. It takes us having conscious thought. Sometimes we, we, you know, we tend to, as a, as in our nature, tends to, like Napoleon Hill said earlier, it tends to be lazy. It tends to avoid rather than to, than to tackle and go head first. So think about, what am I doing to avoid growing my finances right now? I want to avoid it. What can I do to improve it? What can I do to not avoid it instead? What can I do to attack it? What can I do to learn more and more and more every single day? Start asking yourself those questions. The more conversations you allow yourself to have with yourself, with your relationships, with your finances, with your body, the more often you're willing to ask yourself these self-analysis questions the faster your growth will happen, the faster your growth will occur. When it comes to inviting people to come to an event, when it comes to growing your financial future, if you will have the conversations, if you will look at it and say, well, what am I, what am I not doing right now that I could? Or what am I doing right now that's working? And what are other people doing right now that I'm not doing? What can I implement? What can I learn from them? If you'll start to focus on those things, all of a sudden you'll see that People start to listen more. They want to hear what you have to tell them. They, 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 want, they want to say yes. They want to be around you. Your influence increases. And this isn't to say that now you're going to invite everybody and everyone's going to say yes. But the people that would have said yes that may say no because of you allowing other negative influences into your life or you allowing your speech to be led by this negativity or you allowing your limiting beliefs to control you rather than the opposite you'll start to see that as you control that, as you, as you take the reins, that more and more people will be listening to you. More and more people will be influenced by you. More and more people will want to be around you. And when you say, hey, guys, I'm going to Limitless. This is going to be an amazing event. I'm so excited. It's so life-changing. I've been to several. I want you to be with me. But they'll say, absolutely, sign me up. I'll make it happen. Friends, I'm so excited uh, for what we've got coming up this week. We've got our Limitless Breakthrough event coming up this week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Be here. Be, be here with us. Send as many people as you can to be here with us. This is life transformation. I know you know it. That's why you're here. I invite you to invite as many as you can to experience what we've been able to experience already. With that, let's go ahead and end with a massive I am on the count of three, one, two, three. I am, I am, I am, I am.